Welcome to the Joe Schmo Theology Podcast, where we discuss confessions. I ain't confessing nothing! Reformed theology. I don't know what either of those words mean. And apologetics. I am not apologizing for anything either. I am your host, Adam D. Murray, and joined with me today on this program is my brother, Aaron D. Murray. What's up, y'all? This is episode 18 I think so. of 18. Joe Schmo Theology, the podcast where two dummies <clears throat> talk about smart things. I'm Aaron. And I'm Adam. And we are the Joe Schmo Bros. This episode, we will be talking about the attributes of <clears throat> scripture. But before we do that, let's catch up a little bit. Hmm. How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, very busy lately. Yeah? What, busy. what has you so busy? Um, we uh, switched agency management systems, which I might have told you about last time we talked at work. And I feel like I'm about a month behind. Everybody does. So we're... Working long hours. Came right here from work, actually. Mm. But uh, there's that. I turned 25 yesterday. Congratulations. Um, so my big joke was that I am now my brain is fully developed, and this is what peak performance looks like. Yeah. Boom. I think we made a joke, sort of, about your undeveloped brain. You did. You said, are you a, are you a Presbyterian? I, now I'm a Presbyterian. because <laughs> I'm fully developed, right? Good. No, I'm still Baptist. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, but yesterday was fun. Uh, just went to work, and then afterwards, Hannah took me out and did a bunch of surprise stuff. So we walked at a park and then went to Brick's Pizza and Fisher's, uh, which is really a cool place. Then we went What's go-karting. cool about it? Uh, it was just, the pizza was great. It was just a cool atmosphere. Just little, like personal pizzas, a little bit hipster. I just, I can't get down with the personal pizza thing. You can't? Oh, it's no, fantastic. because it's like, I'm going to eat a whole pizza regardless of the size. So give me a hot and ready Little Caesars large <laughs> so, pepperoni pizza, and I'll slam that down. Not this like eight inch artisan foo foo parmesan. So outside of um, the United States Postal Service, Little Caesars is my biggest gripe right now. Really? Not because. Oh, uh, is it because of their like promotional thing? No, 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 no. It's because there aren't any anymore. So you got to live in low income. I was about areas, to say one, one of the one of the downsides of living on the north side is that all of the Little Caesars moved south, and yeah. so in order to get Little Caesars, I have to go like twenty five minutes away from my house. Uh, dude, I got a Little Caesars oh like five minutes in every direction. I know. I'm very, very jealous. Uh, I miss it though, man. Just pick up a hot and ready like five dollar pizza, just smash it real quick, and it's fine. It's yeah. great. Dude, I shouldn't say low income. So um, the SBC just did this study for us. We have yeah, my pastor's friends with an SBC pastor. And they do like this demographic geographical study of the population. And they just um, did our area, Crooked Creek area, um, and gave it to us, which yeah. is pretty awesome. This place is and, and it's it's so interesting how dynamic um, the, just the sociological scale is or socioeconomical scale is. is. Because you've got low income, like $20,000 people, and then you've got, you know, like millionaire people yeah you have a castle right because there's the there's literally house. like a castle i know, you know 300 <laughs> yards from my house and then right behind me is you know some crab shack that's barely standing yeah and then you go like a mile or so south and you get to 38th street and like everything changes yeah it's it's quite bizarre you can buy a house there for like fifteen thousand dollars yeah. it's crazy so I, I guess i've got the best of both worlds i guess you do you have little caesars that's all you need. yeah that's all i need man yeah but uh, yeah, so after we got our little personal pizzas, we went to Fast Times. You ever been there before? Is that uh, by Woodland Bowl? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've walked in it and I was like, eh. So it's a lot of fun. Is it? It is. Go-karting. Um, they make you wear helmets and all that stuff, so you know it's serious. They go about 40 miles an hour, though, which mm-hmm. is pretty sweet. Especially when they're that low to the ground. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so expensive. That's the problem. Well, that's why I've, I've never gone. Because I I we were going to go, uh, Mary and I were going to go when she didn't have her license. I was like, well, we can do this. and this mm-hmm. is, So she can drive, you know, get that thrill of driving. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I don't have the money for this. Right. Let's go get oh, a pie. And, uh... <laughs> it's, it, was, it was a little pricey, which is sad because now I have the, the itch, but it's like... I cannot afford to do that. Yeah. Well, welcome I to like hobbies. The, do what? Welcome to hobbies. Well, not my hobbies. I play basketball for free all the time. See, but you go shoot skeet, and that's like one of the reasons why I don't shoot is because it's so expensive. Yeah, you suck at it, too. I'm pretty awesome at it, actually. No, you're not very good. I'm okay. You're not very good. I'm above average. I wouldn't want you and my zombie survival team. You wouldn't? Not as a marksman. Well, I don't have to be a marksman. You could be my runner. 
Yes. You'd be a good runner. I would be a great runner. Yeah. Just give me a bat, dude. I'll take care of things. Okay. Take care of business. We're good. Give me Lucille. That's no, what I want. No, don't talk about... I don't want to talk about Walking Dead. I'm mad at that show right now. Are you really? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I haven't watched it, so I don't I don't know where we are and things. So, uh, anyways, yeah. how are you doing? Birthday, go-karts. Thanks, Thanks man. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I got a t-shirt today uh, that says, oh, yeah? Make the Jets Great Again. That's pretty awesome. That's a great shirt. It was a great shirt. Who got you that shirt? Oh, I think you got me that shirt. I think dude. I got you that shirt. It was pretty good. It's a great shirt. Yeah, except the Jets have never been good, so it, it doesn't really make sense. Well, you can give the shirt back if you don't like it. To say, make them great again. I think it was like a Trump thing, it which was. is why it's funny. Right. <laughs> Right. So how are you doing, man? Well, would you say America's never been great? Um, we don't need to talk about this. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> not going to go there. Thanks, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, That's all. Okay, go ahead. Well, I've got a, I've got a couple different stories we could okay. talk about, but I don't want to talk about all of them because it would take too long. Okay. So Talk to me about what Mary was about to spoil for Oh, like my condition. Yeah. So I have like had... Like sick and dying or something? No, not quite. I have had a like severe back issue... For a very long time, since I was like 18, mm. and everyone's like, "Go to a chiropractor." And I'm like, "I don't want to go to a chiropractor because I don't have insurance. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want some guy touching me. It's weird." Um, but we found a deal on Groupon, so I was like, "Okay, well, I need to do this because it's my my it's so painful right now. I can't even sleep in the same like in my bed, my mattress. Mm. So I've been sleeping on the couch, which is just awful." How, how is that better? It actually it really is. Like I don't know how it is. But it is. I think there's some busted springs in my mattress. So. You need to switch sides with Mary. Or get a new mattress. That might be the problem. No, it's, we're probably going to have to get a new mattress. Okay. Which means I can't put more money in the furnace, which is what I was planning on doing. But it's all... Uh, I digress. So uh, I went to the chiropractor last week. He took some x-rays, blah, 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 blah. I went in today to get an adjustment. And he shows me the x-rays. And it was, it was pretty rough. So one, I've got an extra vertebrae. What? Which is pretty weird. I think you stole one of mine. That's so, why you got the hyper uh, I did it. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. I've got two more inches. I'm a little taller than two inches. Right. But, so I've got that. Um, but I don't, know, I don't even know what the terminology is. But my hip, the left hip, is almost 17 millimeters higher than the right hip. Mm. And then the left shoulder is 18 millimeters higher than the right shoulder. So I'm all like cockeyed and my neck's all janky and out of whack. And so I have, uh, it's called um, disc degenerative disorder, hmm. which basically means, you know, the spongy stuff in between the vertebrae um, is not really there. I mean, it's still there, but not a lot of it. It's just lopsided. It's just, it's very lopsided. Okay. Interesting. And, and I feel like you're about to make some joke. I'm not. Okay, I'm good. Curious. All right. I mean, I was listening to a podcast about Stephen Hawking all the way over here, but I'm not going to say anything about that. Go ahead. Wow. Carry on. The guy's dead now. I, I know. Dude, show some respect. I, so we can talk about that too, because I was really disappointed by people's reaction yeah. to his death, but that's fine. Anyway. But so basically it's it's a disc degenerative disorder, which means if I don't get this fixed, um, bones will grow in place of the discs. Mm. So I'll become like Quasimodo hunchback, gotcha. which is not good. <clears throat> okay. So... There you go. It's uh, it's rough. I don't like it. So how are you gonna get it fixed? Just you physical just, therapy? Basically, yeah, physical therapy. Um, Work out your core. Well, no. You should. I mean, I do. <laughs> I've got a great core. Okay, I, I believe it. Um, it's not that great. <laughs> I've got a. I've got a. No, we don't want to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> basically, how you fix it is just physical therapy and um, getting your spine straightened out through adjustments and things. So. I told the guy, I was like, listen, I'm not, I am not about coming here, you know, and getting adjusted every week for the next six months or so. I was like, I'll come three more times. And if it's fixed by then, yay. If not, I'll figure something else out. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> right. You're just bluffing. It's just, <laughs> fix me now, darn it. <laughs> but it's pretty weird. I don't know if you've ever been to a chiropractor before, but I mean, it's, it's rough. And there was this one time he was like, all right, I'm going to like grab your neck. You're going to hear some popping. And I swear, I thought he snapped my neck. He like I twisted. It's like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That's, that's insanity. He's like, you're going to feel some pressure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> pressure just means pain. It's just Wait, a code word for pain. Seriously. That's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was rough. I, we're at 10 minutes, so I don't need to tell you the other story, although it is fun. I kind of want to hear it. Okay. I'm going to tell you. Do it. Sorry, guys. You can fast forward this. It's, it's all right. We're catching up. So 
one or a contract cobblestone with yeah. the goose. Yep. Okay. So let me just describe this to our listeners. So we have this uh, this contract, and it's got like a big waterfall that kind of goes into a pond, and in the middle of the waterfall, there's like a little landscape area um, in between two waterfalls. So it's not they're not big. You can like walk through them. But there's always this goose that has a nest there and lays eggs. And if you know anything about geese, you know they're the animal of Satan. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Straight from. So so he used to be straight from the pit of He hell, used to be a serpent. Now Canada. now he now he masquerades as, as a <laughs> Canadian goose. Ugh. The only thing, only good things that have come out of Canada are, are bacon, maple syrup, Tim Challies, Tim Challies, and Jordan Peterson. Well. We'll, we'll see. That has yet to be determined. I, I've liked everything I've seen from him. I mean, one. yeah. Was, I haven't seen much, but... So I, I, I like everything. Well, I think he's he's good, but I think he's dangerous to Christians because he's not a Christian. And people are going to be like, oh, this guy is great. And they're, so, I don't know. It takes discernment. Okay. Well, yeah, fair enough. I've, I've watched like four videos. I'm like, this guy's oh, awesome. So you're an expert on Jordan Peterson. Obviously. So. Okay. Obviously. All right. So anyways... Um, Geese get very territorial when you come around their nest or around them, period. They open up their wings. They start hissing at you and just they'll bite you and claw at you or whatever. So the way we get rid of them is we use our backpack blower, you know, so we start blowing them. And generally when you, it gets really loud, so that scares them. And then when you start blowing the wind on them, they like get up and leave. Well, she wasn't having it. So I was blowing, and I was literally, the nozzle was inches from her face. And she's like attacking it and biting it and everything. And so <laughs> like I've got the nozzle up and I'm kind of like kicking her with my feet to get her away. So she flies down into the pond and she's honking up a storm, you know. And then all of a sudden <laughs> this this male goose flies down right next to her. And they're like, whoa, whoa. And he's like, whoa, whoa. And then he like looks at me and he's like, oh, heck no. And he like flies his wings and flaps at me. And he's like flying around me. And I look like like uh, Bill Murray from Ghostbusters, like using the nozzle, trying not to cross the streams. And like, I'm like, I'm battling a dragon here. And it was like, it was, it was like right on the nozzle flying. I, mean, I swear I could have touched it. And so I'm like holding this thing off and like blowing at the mother and then kicking the, <laughs> kicking the dude. And then the, the, my guys are like carrying wheelbarrows and trying to mulch and everything. And then the, the blower turned off. Well, <laughs> and then so they, they take advantage of like, Oh my gosh. I'm like holding up, like flapping the nozzle, like, trying to get it away. It was, it was terrifying. That's great. My life flashed before I, my eyes. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you know this, but I'm low-key afraid of geese, and I have been since we were kids. Do you remember? I do. I know. Do you remember when we were like running around our backyard, <laughs> and there was a pond a couple yards over, mm-hmm. so we like sprint across all these back, back uh, Were we running our bikes? No, no, no. no. This is a different story, maybe, okay. I think. But we like run across the yard over to the pond and there's like 500 yeah there's a lot of them so we're like let's scare them so so we're just like running into them like scaring them and they all fly away from us and we're like yeah and then they turn around and aim right at us like they're dive bombing oh man i remember that and we had to hit the deck and cover our heads and they flew like three feet over the ground i'm surprised we didn't get pooped on i know me too I, I seriously i've been i've been low-key afraid of geese since that day yeah canadian geese are the worst i always i always i shouldn't say this I'm gonna say it anyways. I was there's a little bit of joy inside my heart every time uh, I see a goose that's dead on the side of the road. <laughs> like that's, that's good, good for you. <laughs> that's, that's cold though. That's cold. <laughs> They're just evil animals. I just love it when I'm trying to like go to lunch or something, and they, they like a, a band of them just like walk out into the middle of the street, and just stare at you. Well, and, what's like, the worst is when people stop. It's yeah. like no, you have a vehicle that's like five tons. Drive, just you know, move it out of the way. You don't have to kill it. Just drive them. Well, move. if you do, you're gonna get fined. I mean, yeah. it's like crazy fines. I don't know. So no, I don't know. Anyway, what are we talking about today, dude? We're talking about the attributes of scripture. Which are what? Right. So there are generally four to five, depending on who you're talking to and what you're talking about. But you've got um, sufficiency of Scripture, clarity of Scripture, authority of Scripture, necessity of Scripture, infallibility of Scripture, which I think it kind of goes into all the you others. You throw in like inerrancy of Scripture. Then well, right. Six. Inerrancy and infallibility. I think are confusing because they sound like they're the exact same. Right, right. You know, they both basically say, you know, scriptures without error. It's like, okay. Right. So, but why, what's the distinguishing mark? I'm not sure. Um, let me see. He wrote it down in this article that I read and it was like... Who's he? Uh, I think it was J.C. Ryle. Yeah. That I think wrote it down. I'll find it, but we can keep talking. Sure, sure. So, it, the attributes of scripture are different than the attributes of God that we talked about last time. 
um, attributes of God, obviously being, you know, what, what God is, who he is, um, and these kinds of things. Whereas um, scriptures, these are kind of core elements that we see um, that make up the scriptures. So let's talk a little bit about um, inspiration before we get into the attributes, if that's all right with you. That's fine with me. So when we say that scripture is inspired by God, what, what do we mean by that? Um, well, uh, that's a great question. Uh, we mean that like every word that was written down was inspired by God. I don't know how to, how to, uh, how to explain it other than using the word inspired. Sure. Breathed out is a word that we see in second or in, uh, in Timothy, yeah, second Timothy. Um, but basically when, when Paul or Moses or whoever was writing, they were writing the words of God in their own, um, vocabulary or personality that type of thing but they're writing down the words that were inspired by, by the spirit right. so you, you mentioned second timothy so i'll just go ahead and read that so this is second timothy three sixteen, which is a very popular um, verse when it comes to scripture so you may know it um, all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of god may be complete equipped for every good work so again, the I mean, there's there's more to it than this, but the basic idea is that all of Scripture comes from God. So ultimately, God is the author of Scripture. And then Second Peter um, one twenty through twenty one say, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So our, our view of interpretation is different than, say, you know, Islam's view of interpretation, which is uh, dictation, basically saying God says this word for word, and the author of the Quran writes that down. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at the Bible, it is yeah, God is the one who is inspiring the writers, but he uses their different personalities, their different writing styles, their different languages to communicate. Right. So you have the same biblical truth through all 66 books of the Bible, but like Paul's Greek is much more polished than, say, John's. Right. Um, and then you've got Amos, who is kind of more country-type um, Aramaic or Hebrew than, say, Isaiah, right. th- these kinds of things. So um, Now, there are, um, there are Christians that believe in a verbal inspiration well, of Scripture. They're, they're wrong. What would you say to those? Well, I would, I would point to the second Peter that I, that I just read. So it right. says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So you, you've got that and then everything that I just said where you've got different personalities, different verbiage, different um, ways of communicating ideas um, that are not all the same. So even terminology is different from Paul to John. Now, do you think there's a difference? Um, like, is, is there not a difference, but like, is there, are there consequences in believing in a verbal... Um, dictation methodology as opposed to an inspirational i'm sure there are i mean i I think i would be hard pressed to come up with one other than to say that it kind of takes away the personal nature of god yeah um that that would be one that i just think of off the top of my head there's probably more um yeah but but i think i think even when you look at that kind of theory i i think the the what we're talking about the concursive i think is the way of describing it this theory that we're talking about um, adds much more like authority to the, the scriptures, knowing that there are sixty-six books of the Bible, taken you know, written over three, four thousand year period, right. by all these different types of authors with different personalities, different ways of communicating sure. these these kinds of things. It, it attests to the truth of scripture more than dictation yeah. might. I don't That's know. kind of what I was thinking too. That I don't know, I don't know off the top of my head what what consequences. And if someone's listening and they're like uh, idiots, this is what <laughs> this is what the problem is. Let us know. Um, I well, was thinking more just. When you when you look at what you were saying, the different you know ways that people spoke. I mean, you look at the Gospels, the way that Luke writes is much different than the way that Matthew writes. Right. Um, you know, and so if you're talking about like verbal inspiration or you know verbal dictation, it it doesn't show up. Like the proof yeah. isn't in the pudding. Well, I think you you brought up Matt, or Luke, and Luke's a perfect example because Luke, you know, he's writing to Theophilus, and he says, look, here here are the things that you've heard about. And here, here are the eyewitness accounts. So Luke's going around and he's talking to all these people who knew Jesus, who followed Jesus, who saw what Jesus was doing. And he's saying, this is what they said, yeah. right? So it's definitely, definitely not dictation from the book of Luke and Acts, for yeah. sure. And, you know, from, you can work from there. Yeah. So I think, I think the case is fairly strong for concursive theory. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't know. Cool. It's my thoughts. Sure. Sure. Uh, back to the uh, inerrancy versus the um, infallibility. All that he says here is um, we are also persuaded of its infallibility. And then he says in parentheses, it cannot err. And it's inerrancy. It does not err. So they're like the same thing. <laughs> well, right. So I wonder I wonder if those are just in regards to like the original manuscripts versus the manuscripts we have now. Right. Perhaps. And the tran- like the, the true translations that we would have. Right. Perhaps I don't know. Maybe we should maybe we should have looked into that a little more. Yeah, but we are Joe Schmo. We are Joe Schmo. We are Joe Schmo. I gotta say, I felt very Joe Schmoey last week. Oh, I'm gonna feel Joe Schmoey this week. Well, I told you the. Uh... Don't say that. <laughs> I put a ton of research into today, and I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, uh, we're gonna focus on four specific attributes of Scripture: that being sufficiency, clarity, authority, and necessity. Um, and there's a handy acronym SCAN, which I thought Kevin Young came up with, but apparently in your article by J.C. Ryle, he uses it too. So Ryle precedes DeYoung, so I have to give it to Ryle. It may you know, precede him perhaps, but we'll, we'll give it to, to the bishop yeah, yeah. instead of the Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah. So let's start out with uh, sufficiency. What is uh, sufficiency, or what's the, what definition would you give? Um that within the word of God, it pertains everything that we need for a life of godliness. Um, it also pertains everything that we need to know about the gospel. So mm-hmm. how do we? How are we saved? What is our relationship between God and man? Like what is our state before Him? Um, and then yeah, how to how to live that out? So it's all what we need to know about how to live is is found in, in Scripture and right. it is sufficient. Right. I think the Westminster Confessions. This may be from the Westminster Confession. One of the confessions says Scripture is the only infallible rule for faith and practice. Yeah. So, um, it is it is the only thing that can tell us um, what you know what we need to know about God, what we what how to have faith, um, what what we can do to uh, grow in godliness, the, these these kinds of things. And so you've got uh, let's see here, Second Peter one verse three: His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellencies. So that is more of a, it's a inspired way of saying what I stumble through. Uh, and then you've got a Westminster Shorter Catechism question one, which we all know, you know, what is man's chief end? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And then the second question is, what rule hath God given to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him? And it answers, the word of God, which is contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament, is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him. So that's just, you know, adding on to this idea of, of sufficiency that it is, is is sufficient to communicate to lost people what they need to know about God. Nice. Right. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. And uh, it looked like you rattled that off from memory. How many of those have you memorized? Uh, not many. I think I went eight. I was doing pretty well in January memorizing, and then, <laughs> and then well, I was just doing it while I was working out. Mm. So I've got the punching bag over so here. You stop working out. I, well, that's exactly right. So I would, <laughs> I, I would do you know a round of. Uh, boxing and everything and then plank for a minute and so i'd have my phone out and look at the questions while i was planking so that was that was helpful so i need to get back into that cool cool Um, cool. but you know i've got a bad spine so right i really should take it easy honestly you really should yeah Um, yeah definitely stop memorizing things well i was talking about working out (laughs) 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 all right so clarity what uh what's clarity um as far as i understand clarity it's basically saying that even though there are some texts in Scripture that are that are harder to understand, um, require, um, y- you know, it's t- it's tougher to exegete them properly. the whole, the The main themes of Scripture are, are clear; they're easily understood. Um, it doesn't take a scholar. You know, you're supposed to teach these things to your children. Right. Um, so, so the main themes of Scripture, the gospel, the, those are easy to to understand. They're clear in Scripture. Right. Right. So another like a fancier way to say it is the perspicuity of scripture which the joke is uh, that's a hard word for a clear concept <laughs> right so actually uh, I was, uh, before I got married and I was living with some buddies of mine um, over at my church actually which I know sounds weird when I just say that so I'm not going to describe it. It, it there's an apartment there so don't it's not a cult <laughs> <laughs> um, but they would always give me a hard time and razz me because I went the career out and didn't uh, have any formal college education 
And so we're, we're sitting there doing our devotions together, and, and one of my roommates goes, yeah, so there's there's this word, it's it's kind of a long word, Aaron, you might have a hard time understanding it, it's kind of even hard for me to understand sometimes, but it's called it's called the perspicuity of scripture. I was like, wow, thanks for insulting me there, buddy. <laughs> what have, what have, what have stopped me? But, yeah, no, you know what it is. Um, so you, you had mentioned... Basically, what it means is Scripture is clear; it is understandable, mm-hmm. um, and and the important things like the gospel. And so you'd mentioned, you know, we teach these things to our kids, and we've talked about Deuteronomy six a lot in this this uh, podcast before. But just the idea that you are we are to teach the things of God to children, and so children, even as simple minded as they are, can still comprehend and understand the necessities of salvation right right and i think the big thing when we're looking at sola scriptura is we can do that apart from a governing authority so yes you don't need a pope to be telling you what is in the bible you can read it and you can understand right right yourself right and i mean that that's not to say and i think you said this that's not to say that all things are equally clear right there there are many hard things so again this is uh second peter Chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, it says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. So what Peter is, even Peter, you know, an inspired author of scripture, saying some of the things that, that Paul writes, is they're, they're rough. Yeah. I, I don't fully understand them. It, it takes a lot to think about. Um, but what he's not saying is basically the gospel. So the things that are clear in Scripture is that God is holy. We are not. Um, Jesus you know, came as, as God, the incarnate Son, died, rose again for our sins, and we put our faith and trust in him for salvation. Right. So the gospel is what's clear in Scripture. Right. Um, y- you know, soteriology, Christology, th- these kinds of things may not be as easy to understand you know covenant theology dispensationalism all these other big doctrines even god himself right god is not the easiest thing to understand and we i think we demonstrated that as we struggle through the attributes (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's the basic idea that that scripture is clear in that it communicates how men are to be saved right so and it's sufficient it's sufficient so when when we say that it's clear that that you can understand it apart from a pope or whoever you know i I use that just because it's a classical example Uh it doesn't mean that we should shun you know biblical training your proper biblical training it doesn't mean we should shun our pastors and say i don't need to hear from you like i i have the word you know kind of thing but as we talk about authority it means that we should always hold up what people say against the word and say is what this person is teaching me found in scripture and is it you know, because if, if it's clearly spelled out and if it's sufficient, then we should be able to look to Scripture and not have to rely on somebody else and in, interpreting for us. Right. In a right. sense. At, at least in, in the things of the gospel, right? Hey, you want to take a quiz on Scripture? Oh man, you always do the quizzes. <laughs> hey, it works thematically though. Oh man, okay. you're gonna you're gonna nail this. Is this another Katie Young? No, it's a Chalice. Chalice. Oh, were they all Chalice? They're all Chalice. Oh, okay. 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 Canadian so guys. I haven't taken this quiz yet. Normally I take them beforehand. Oh, goodness. So Are you going to take it with me? Yeah. Okay. But you're going to answer them. Okay. Okay, so question one. Is it appropriate to say that God is the author of the Bible? Yes. True. Good. And we've already talked about that. Continue. Um, because God is the author of the Bible, is it not appropriate to say that the books in the Bible have human authors? That's worded weirdly. It is appropriate to say that the authors are human. Like God, like... God is the author, but it also has, has human authors. So the answer would be false. Yeah. Yay, good for you. Yeah. Okay. Inspiration means that God dictated the words of the Bible to human beings who then wrote them down. It's like we studied we just, for us. It's like quiz. we just talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> My word. Not dictation. Whatever okay. Whatever the right, right answer for right, not right, dictation right, is. All right, correct. Um, <laughs> the ultimate reason that scripture is authoritative is because God is its author. Oh, man, we're jumping the gun here. True. We're not even going to have to record anymore. Good job. Sweet. All right. Ended early. The inspiration of Scripture was the particular work of God the Father. Um, I'm going to go with the Spirit. So false. 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 Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, as we talked about. And that was Second Peter, right? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Ironically, that was what our pastor preached on this last week. So oh, that's pretty cool. Good. Timing, right? Yeah, just mulching your church. Huh? Mulching your church this week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Way too much of it? Cost way too much money? Well, they haven't done it in two years. Okay, that's so good. Hey, that's good. There's a lot I'm down to do. for that. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm very tired. All right. Thanks for doing that, Thanks man. for tithing. Hey, you got Paying it. for, you know, my mortgage, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> to disobey the scripture <laughs> is to disobey God. True. Good. This is easy. So far, so good. So far, so good. I mean, we should be able to pass this one. Yeah, if right. If we can't, then we're in trouble. <laughs> to disbelieve scripture is to disbelieve God. True. True. Okay, I wish I could go through this faster. God communicated the words of the Bible to human authors without error. True. Very true. Good job. Textual criticism is a field of study committed to undermining the truthfulness and authority of the Bible. False. False. Textual criticism is simply a method used to determine what the original manuscripts of the Bible said. Uh, The word autographs refers to the original manuscripts or documents on which the Bible was written. Uh... (laughs) Hold on. The word autographs is used to do what? Refers to the original manuscripts or documents on which the Bible was written. I'm going to say no just because I haven't heard that. Oh, Adam, it's true. It's true? Adam, it's true. See, that's just, I don't know. I've never heard that before. The, 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 okay. I need to listen to more James White, apparently. While it is true that the Bible is without error, the doctrine of inerrancy strictly applies only to the autographs or what the authors originally wrote. So we're talking about original manuscripts. True. Dude, we're, we were on point in talking about that. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. good. Uh, since they are copying errors in every manuscript, affirming the inerrancy of the original text is a pointless exercise. Um, false. False. With the many manuscripts we have, textual scholars can reconstruct the original wording of the Bible with great accuracy. We can be confident that the Bible we hold in our hands is true and accurate. True. That's actually. I was actually just reading the answer to that, but yes. Yeah, that's actually a really... A really good point when you start studying like why are there so many manuscripts and there's a lot of errors and stuff in these manuscripts it's actually really cool how that works in favor of the validity of scripture as opposed to it because well we don't need to get it no no go ahead go for it just all right i'll try to explain it the best that i can if we have 500 manuscripts and they all largely say the same things but there's a there's some that go off here and there's some that go off here can we not look back at the oldest ones and at the the many of them and say well this this one went off the rails all the other ones say this exact thing so it 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 actually works as the more that you have the more evidence you have of the original text i don't know if i explained that right no no i think it's good yeah right i think and like when you when when people will say oh there are thousands and thousands and thousands of you know errors or contradictions within the bible and everything it's like first of all the majority of those are punctuation yeah and and second of all, those that aren't, you, you just it requires a little more thought. So like the classic one is the different genealogies in the gospel, you know, between Luke and Matthew. It's mm-hmm. like well, one's Joseph's genealogy, one's Mary's. So you've got that. So obviously they're going to be different, dummy. And right. then and then you got. <laughs> I've heard some people be like, oh well, you can't believe that the Bible is true because when Jesus says that. You know, the kingdom is like the uh, mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds, and it grows and big, blah, blah, blah. They're like, actually, the mustard seed is not the smallest one. Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. Therefore, Jesus isn't God. Therefore, the Bible is wrong, blah, blah, right, blah. Right. It's like, well, no, that's actually, it's it's really just a figure of speech. Yeah, no, so, yes. like, if I said, man, this is harder to find than a needle in a haystack, is that inaccurate? Because, well, actually, it's harder to find a contact lens in the Pacific Ocean. No, it's not. It's a figure of speech, okay? Right. <laughs> All right, back to the back back to the quiz. The words in scripture that were actually spoken by Jesus, i.e. the red letters, carry more authority than the other words of scripture. Oh, that drives me insane. False. False. Why does that drive you insane? Because Jesus is the author of all of it. Right. <laughs> so 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 if you're gonna be red letters, it should all be red letters, I guess. Right. Um, the word used to describe the complete list of all the books that belonged in the Bible is a covenant. Uh, canon? Wait, read it again. The word used to describe the complete list of all the books that belong in the Bible is covenant. False. It's the canon. False. The word to describe the complete list of all the books in the Bible is canon. Canon. 
I remember when I first learned that, I was like, I know you had it super excited on your Bible. Yeah, and I had that. I had a brand new leather bound ESV study Bible. And I went ahead and I got the canon. Didn't, didn't you spell it like like the boom thing? No, no, no. I, the had it right. I had it right. You had it right? I had okay. it right. right. But I had it for like three weeks before someone took it. <laughs> I'm assuming. Oh, no. I don't know what happened to it. I had it at church and then I didn't. And I was like, where's the lost and found? Well, hopefully read the ninth commandment. There are 64 <laughs> books in the canon of scripture. 66 books. False. There are 66 books. The books in the Bible became authoritative when they were included in the official canon of Scripture. Uh, false. They were authoritative. False. Beforehand. Because they are inspired by God, the books in the Bible have inerrant authority. They were authoritative as they were written. The canon of Scripture is a list of inspired books, does not give them authority, but recognizes their inherent authority. Right. You can add the book of Thomas to the canon if you want. It doesn't make it, make it authoritative. No, don't do that. But yeah, you're right. Right. The church stands under the authority of Scripture, and its teachings are to be judged by Scripture. True. Good. Good. Scripture tells me everything I need to know to be saved. Sufficiency. True. Scripture tells me everything I need to know to live a life pleasing to God. Sufficiency. True. <laughs> Scripture tells me everything I will ever want or need to know. False. False. <laughs> there are many things that you may need to know that scripture does not address at all like how to drive a car or how to cook a meal true no this is the answer to that last question oh well true <laughs> everything god requires of us as christians is included in scripture either explicitly or by implication true true <clears throat> yeah you're killing this one i would hope Oh, I should have given you this word. This would have messed you up. The term perspicuity of scripture can be defined as uh, through the Bible, the Holy Spirit is able to persuade people to become Christians. False. False. It's false. It refers it's to the irresistible. Bible. Boom. Scripture is clear enough that ordinary people who study it and seek God's help to understand it will learn what they need to know, believe, and do to please God. True. Very good. I'm curious if you want to talk about that more, though. Never mind, carry on. Well, what do you mean? Um, just as far as, what would you say to some of the reformers like Martin Luther or Calvin who say that not a jot of Scripture can be understood without the help of the Spirit? Yes. Yes. I, do, I would agree with that. Flesh. I mean, the Spirit is the one who provides illumination. Right. Uh, it's the, he's the one who gives us wisdom. He's the one who even gives us words to pray. So... Um, people can understand the bible's message but not in a saving way right right I understand that so so you have to have the spirit illuminate the scriptures and illuminate your heart and regenerate your heart in order for you to understand it in a saving way okay same page carry on okay all right every passage in scripture is easy to understand perfectly false false I didn't even like we're we're basically talking about everything that's on here. That's good. Oh, no, it's great. Scripture is the one and only means God uses to communicate truth about Himself. Um. Hmm. I mean, as the final authority, yes, but He's also revealed Himself through nature. I, I you know, people who have never seen a Bible or heard a Bible still can understand something about God. So I would say no, yep. but okay, cool. Nail it. <clears throat> well, no, finish your thought. No, that's it. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, but I, I assume he's probably going to say something yeah. that's going to mess me well, up. Well, right. So, you, so you've got special revelation and general revelation, right? Right. General being creation, special being scripture. And there are a couple <clears throat> passages in scripture that talk about general revelation. The biggest ones would be Psalm 19 and Romans 1, right? The heavens declare the glory of God. And then mm -hmm. Romans 1 talks about, you know, um, creation um, gives man like bears the witness that there is a god there is a creator um, and so that it renders men without an excuse uh revelation is, uh, the revelation of scripture is necessary for us to know the good news of salvation true general revelation will not get you there uh, like we just sort of said yep the new testament corrects the old testament false good adam 
One passage of scripture will never actually contradict another. True. Good. We should interpret the less clear passage of scripture in light of its clearer passages. Absolutely true. Persuading people that the Bible's message is completely true and authoritative is the particular work of God the Son. Uh, the Spirit, but yes. False. <laughs> it is the particular work of the Holy Spirit. Right. So you've got different Trinitarian responsibilities. The ultimate focus of the Bible is Christians. False. Oh, it's about oh, Jesus. God. It's about Jesus. It's not about you. <laughs> the overarching goal of the Bible is to bring readers into a saving relationship with God through faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, read that again. Sorry. The overarching goal of the Bible is to bring readers into a saving relationship with God through faith in Christ Jesus. True. <clears throat> you don't sound too confident. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just because... And never mind, carry, carry on, it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it is possible that God will speak again and add new books to the Bible. False. Ouch. Ouch. Sorry, Pentecostals, I know you got a word from the Lord, Yeah, but... yeah. <clears throat> All right, that's the quiz. Cool. Nailed it, 100%. Let's I think you go. got one wrong. No, what? What did I get wrong? Maybe, I don't remember which one. I didn't one. get anything wrong. You got one wrong. Go listen to the recording. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> you're going to listen to the recording <clears throat> and don't edit it out. I won't, I won't edit it's it out. It's called lying. I won't have to. deceitfulness <laughs> and bearing false witness. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> oh, excuse me. a false accusation about my... Less than 100%. All right, so scan. We've talked about sufficiency and clarity. We've kind of talked about the other two somewhat in this quiz, but that brings us to authority. What do we mean when we say that the scriptures are authoritative? Can I just read something, or do I have to answer? You can read something. All right, here it is. Just act like you're the one who's saying it. Yeah, this is, uh, this is from me. <laughs> um, the doctrine of scripture's authority reminds us that God's word stands above all earthly powers. On every matter in which the Bible means to speak, the last word goes to Scripture, not to councils or to catechisms or to science or to human experience, but to the Word of God. We have, or we all have someone or something that we turn to as an arbitrator of truth claims. For Christians, in the final analysis, this authority must be and can only be the Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Right. So put that in your words. Uh, the Bible has the final word on everything. Right. So if, if you say something, the Bible disagrees with you, it's uh, the Bible that's right and you're wrong. Right. So, um, tangent. Go ahead. <clears throat> if someone has a dream, uh-huh. what would you say to that person that says, I had this dream and therefore I'm going to do this particular thing? Uh, I don't know. I need more information than that. Okay. What's What's the thing? <laughs> okay. Is it sin? No. Is it against the Bible? No. So let's just say that it's something like, I had a dream that I should take this job. Or a better one. Let's say, um, I had a dream about this person that I'm in a relationship with, and it scared me. So I don't know if I should you know, move forward with this relationship or something like that. I mean, I just hear these types of things all the time. Like, I had a dream, or I had a... Um, I just... I, I, I feel things about certain people or situations or like any just anything that comes like god's telling of, me to do this kind of thing or <clears throat> not necessarily like i had a dream that jesus spoke to me directly but i feel like that could be a leading from the spirit to do something i mean maybe so i had a dream a few weeks ago that and i don't want to give any any names or, or be too specific um but there's there are these these people that are kind of connected to our family in a way and they have very destructive ideologies um very ungodly very very you know rebellious and everything and so um they're very close to my wife Hmm. so and and she she's very emotional about just how the relationship ended and everything so i had this dream a few days ago that uh I had a garden that was a very pretty garden and I come out and these two people are, you know, planting weeds in my garden. I'm like, get out. <laughs> this is my garden. It's so pretty. And you're putting dandelions in it. Go away. Um, so I think that just kind of, you might be a landscaper. It, I'm just saying. Yeah. But I think it kind of, it, it reflected like here, here are some people who are trying to sow sinful worldviews into my family. Okay. Right. So, that doesn't mean anything right. that, that I didn't know. I think if you if someone has a dream that's pushing them to make a certain decision, and if that decision goes against the Bible, it's like don't 
do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I had a dream. It was okay for me to have sex with my girlfriend. Right. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> or, I, I don't know, like, like, and you have these people, well, God told me that I need to break up with this person. Okay. No, God, yeah. God didn't tell you to do that. And the fact that you're even using that terminology, you're in sin because you're taking God's name in vain, saying he said something that he didn't actually say. Now, it may indeed be a good idea for you not to date this person, but don't play the God card for it. Yeah. And if you have a dream that's leading you to do something, I think that's fine. But perhaps it's a good idea to talk to other people, maybe pray about it, yeah. talk to your elders about it. I wouldn't just rely on a dream. Yeah. Or just, um, you know, another thing would be the pastor gets up to preach. Uh-huh. He's like, hello, family. I love you. And I've been preparing for this sermon for the last two weeks. This morning I woke up and I just had this revelation from the Lord that I'm going to need to share this with you, whatever, and just goes off on its own thing. You know, do you think that's an appropriate response? I mean, I, mean, I think it can be. Like, we, we have to... Like, how do you first of all, between promptings of the Spirit? Yeah. Like, I, I, I know where I'm going with this. I just yeah. want to hear from, from you. Well, I think, I think, first of all, let's, let's look at the positive and <clears throat> say that the Holy Spirit is active. Absolutely. In our lives. And so... There very well could be a situation where the Lord wants a specific congregation to hear a specific thing. And so through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you know, it lays on this pastor. Look, instead of preaching on this passage, you need to talk about this passage. You need to address this issue to these people at this time. So I'm open to that. If it kind of goes into, you know, I had this experience with God and I, you know, I heard him talk to me and all these other things. Um what you're doing is like okay you're saying that this your your subjective mindset is better than the objective authority of the word yeah okay and and if and if what you're saying goes against the word you're wrong scripture's right right so i uh i visited a church many years ago down south with a friend and someone came up and prophesied over me they were like you're going to do excellent in college and then you're going to graduate and you're going to be very successful and blah, 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 blah. And it was just a bunch of like ambiguous stuff. And Uh I'm like, well, I never went to college. So there's that, Um, you know, but like that kind of thing. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is I think it was Spurgeon, but I definitely could be very wrong about this. It could have been somebody way older and way more dead than him at this point where no, but the, the, you know what I mean. Can't be more. All right, all right, all right. Not more dead. Uh, way older. You know, a long time ago. I don't keep know going. You're losing. Anyway, it. the quote was the quote was something along the lines of, "If your revelation contradicts scripture, it's wrong, and if it agrees with with scripture, it's unnecessary." I think it's John Owen. John Owen. Yeah. Okay. So see, older. You know, deader, older and deader. Deader. Yeah. So so that's kind of where I'm going with it. I think that the spirit is active and moving, and I think that there are times where, you know, like your dream very well could have been a confirmation or a uh, it's just a reflection of my, a reflection, what i was yeah, thinking about I think. yeah but it, but align if it aligns with the word then there you go the word says that the word is sufficient if it contradicts the word there you go it's it's a false right feeling i guess is the word i would use but um anyway yeah so getting back on track sorry I just, <laughs> no no that's good I just want to flesh things out yeah. um when we talk about the authority of scripture why do you think people may have an issue with it? Like, oh, I don't like the idea of the authority of Scripture. It's 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 authoritative in areas that it's right, but, you know, these ideas of the virgin birth and six-day creationism, and yeah, it's a hot-button issue that we can talk about. We kind of talked about um, that last week, I think, um, when we were just talking about... Andy Stanley. No, we talked about Andy Stanley last week. I think you 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 started harping on him a little bit. I don't think I ever brought up the name Andy Stanley. I'm pretty sure you did. Go back and listen to it. Go back and listen to it. Maybe I did, but I think there's um, I think there's a lot of people out there who, when we were talking about, does God ever change? Mm-hmm. You know, would like Him to change, uh-huh. right? Because in their view, um, certain moral things are outdated. We've evolved past past scripture we've evolved and god's probably evolved with us he's you know that was yeah. that time and that that age or whatever and i think scripture is the same way there are things that people don't like because the desires of their heart are sinful and um if if scripture is the final authority that means they're in sin that yeah. there's always implications to you know yeah. whatever 
belief system you're holding on to. But yeah, I think another issue that people may have with the authority of scripture is like, okay, well, you know, people use scripture to justify geocentricity. People use scripture to justify a flat earth. People use scripture to Who justify used scripture slavery. scripture to justify a flat earth? Dude, it was huge. Um, Martin Luther even said anathema to anybody who doesn't believe it. Really? And he used the uh, the passage in Joshua that talks about, you know, God. Um, the four corners of the earth. Well, or... the four corners of the earth is, is one too, but right. this one where God stops the sun from setting. And so you've got, you know, the sun rises and the sun sets. So that terminology kind of like, okay, well, people say, you know, it's a, it's a flat earth, right? right? right. Um, so it's actually huge. And even the Catholic Church hated uh, Galileo and Copernicus and all these other guys who were like looking at the stars. Like, you know, actually, I think the sun's the center here. And, and, and we, we, you know, we revolve around it and all, blah, 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 all these other things. So Somebody yeah. might need to talk to Vody then. Because <laughs> Vody talks about that all the time. He's like, no Christian ever has actually ever believed that the earth was flat. Well, that's just not true. I'm all sorry, right. Vody. Right, um, we actually, he, I have a, a four-volume set by Wilhelmus of Brockle, and he even talks about the earth being flat. Huh. And, it, and I mean, and, and they, I mean, he's awesome. Like everybody, like all the Reformed dudes, love to have a Brockle, and even if you don't read him, it's like a staple on your shelf. Right, just looks good. So, and that's I've read I've read Volume Four, the one on Ethics and Eschatology, and I've started Volume One. I haven't finished it, but anyways, so so you've got that. The point is. People look and say, look, people use scripture to justify all these things and they were wrong. So how can scripture really be authoritative? Well, scripture is authoritative doesn't mean your interpretation of it is. Exactly, exactly. The error is in the human, not in the Bible, I, I think is good to say. And that's why the illumination of the spirit is necessary. Because uh-huh. we're still dealing with, with sinful nature. And I, um, I don't know if I want to say that. Um, there, there are things in cultural contexts where if you grow up around a certain thing, I think it's very easy to become persuaded of that thing. Sure. Um, I don't remember who was talking about it or what the context was, um, but somebody was saying something about Nazi Germany and looking back and acknowledging everything that happened there was completely heinous and sinful, but saying, we're quick to condemn people, but if we were growing up as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid in Nazi Germany, would we be so eager to... Sure. To think that that's wrong, or would we be kind of taken in by the culture? Because that's that's a very real you know possibility. Mm-hmm. So, cultural settings sometimes when you're brought into it, if that's what's happening, it's easy to interpret scripture a certain way, um, just because that's what you've taught, you've been taught and grow up. And that's why we need to examine scripture and we need to hold it up and and in the highest regard as the highest authority. Because I mean, I grew up with certain teaching. I mean, I used to be Armenian, you know, and that's mm-hmm. largely because that's what I grew up being taught, um, and so. It, it's, it's kind of that thing. I, you know, your interpretation may be flawed based on the teaching that you're receiving. And that's why Scripture is the final authority, not necessarily the preacher right. of it or proclaimer right. of it, or even right. yourself reading right. and interpreting. But. Right. Well, I mean, even Jesus gives us a great example of this when, you know, he's tempted by the devil. You know, and the devil comes at him with, with Scripture, do this, do this, do this, and blah, blah, blah. You'll be fine. Just submit to me, blah, 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 blah. And Jesus could have said, <clears throat> yeah, dude, actually, I'm the one who wrote that. This is what it actually means. Right. Um, or, yeah, I'm God, so no. Right. <laughs> but he uses scripture as the authority, mm. right, as, as the final authority. So um, maybe this is, this is good for us to talk about, too. Do you think that in some sense we can be or engage in circular reasoning when it comes to the authority of scripture. Yeah. Well, the scripture is authoritative because it says it's authoritative. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is circular reasoning. Right. And, and is that okay? Or, or is that not okay? I, I think it is. I think, I think everything is circular reasoning. Everyone's ideology has some element of circular reasoning to it. But I don't know how well I can expound on that. But. Sure. Well, let me give it a shot. So it's this idea that scripture is our final authority. So, <clears throat> you know, we can say, you know, the Westminster Confession of Faith says this. Good. You know, our church says this. Great. Um, those are not the final authority. Those those are submissive to the Word of God. So when someone says, "Okay, can you prove that you know the Bible is true based on some other thing than the Bible?" Um, and you could say, "Well, you know, look at all the geological, archaeological evidence that we have, historical evidence, the historical yeah. evidence. The, these kinds of things are like the prophecies and everything. Those are good, <clears throat> and that just attests to the fact that that Scripture is true. Um, <clears throat> but you don't want to say 
because we have archaeology, it says that the Bible is true. Right. Because what you're doing then is that you're saying, well, actually, our final authority is archaeology, right. not the scriptures themselves. Right. And so, you, you know, if you'll talk to like an atheist or an agnostic or someone who, you know, totes up reason and intellect and logic and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, I, have, I ask you, is there any way that you can prove reason and logic without using reason and logic? Right. The answer is no, right? Because you have to have a final authority to appeal to. Right. So in a sense, it is circular reasoning. But that's because it's the final authority. So you can't go any higher. You can't get any more authoritative than the Word of God. Right. And everyone has a final authority. It just depends on what it is. So right. if your final authority is you or reason or logic, then you're going to circle back to yourself or right. to whatever your final authority is. It is going to be a circular argument. Right. Um, there's just no real way around it. doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Um, circular reasoning isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm trying to think of the example um, that Pastor Mark used. I can't think of what it was, uh, but he gave a really good example. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I you know what he did today? What did he do? He parked right in front of where I was working, and I could I had to move. What? He like he didn't even park in a parking spot. He I'll just parks like right by the door. I'm like, okay, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, because you're the pastor, you can just park wherever you want. He's busy, right man. He's road. got things to do. He's got things to do. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just shoot him an angry email. I'm just saying. I don't have his email. On the website. But he like he like walks in and he like points at us like hey guys. <laughs> it's like hey, thanks for doing hey, what you're doing. Get out of my way. We're making it a little more difficult for you. He's <laughs> doing great. Yeah, no, Mark, uh, Mark's great. He's great. Yeah, All right, so the uh, last and final attribute of scripture that we are talking about tonight is the necessity of scripture. So, what what do we mean by scripture is necessary? Necessary for what? Um, <laughs> I think we already kind of talked about it. Sure, but let's just necessary to know how we are to live how we are to be saved um essentially anything that we need for life of godliness life and godliness like that scripture is necessary for those things um you don't you don't get that from human reasoning you don't get that from watching animals you know that that comes from from the word of god right right so it it kind of gets into this idea of general and special revelation because scripture is necessary to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can come to a knowledge of God outside of Scripture, but all that knowledge does is it condemns you even more. Yeah. It damns you to hell apart right. from you know faith in Christ. Right. So like you said, we've already talked about it a little bit, but I think it's, it's worth saying that Scripture is necessary for believers, mm-hmm. um, and, and we should never shy from it. So I don't know. I hope this has been somewhat author- authoritative or... <laughs> <laughs> informative <laughs> to you all not necessarily authoritative although i hope what we said is true and correct yeah match it up with the word if it doesn't fit then don't listen right. to us <laughs> be be a berean who are you know they're nor, more noble than those in corinth or or as john pepper would say i want you to see it in the word if it's not in the word don't listen to me i'm a man i want you to see <laughs> get in the word is the best i can do no, that's good. I like that. All right, cool. That's he opens good. like every sermon that way. So, <clears throat> yeah. Well, what uh, what can people do to to reach us? Yeah, um, find us on Facebook, Joe Schmo Theology. Um, give us a like. Uh, join the uh, conversation if you have things that you the want us to talk. Let's let's <laughs> let's pretend there's a conversation. If there's things that you want to talk about or you want us to talk about on a cast, we'd love to know. Um, if you have uh, gripes or complaints or want to correct us on stuff, there's plenty of that to do as well. So get on that. You remember we got one complaint. This was in one of our earlier episodes. It was because you were just harping on vegans all the time. Yeah, they repent. And, and that, uh, that, that one guy, he was asking it, and I think in a, in a curious way, but I think we had made him upset because of all the jokes that we, we had made. Yeah, I went hard. went hard against vegans. Yeah, I actually, I, I have a lot of vegan friends. Ah. But, Repent. Uh, Stop it. iTunes. Uh, give us a like and a review and a comment. You can't like on iTunes. Okay, give us a review. Subscribe. And a Subscribe. Man, dude, you are awful. I don't know this. what to do, man. All this I do is, is your responsibility. I yeah, open and you close. You, since when? Since when was that happen? You close every time. You just threw this on me. That's, no, you were the one who's supposed to do this. Subscribe. Uh, leave us a review. A good one, hopefully. Uh, five stars would be great as well. Um, anything else they could do for us, Aaron? Leave us a six-star review in your heart. In your heart. 
Love it. Like, share on Facebook, tell your friends. Oh, and can I just say one more thing real quick? Yeah. I just need to clarify something because I felt like I was taken advantage of last week. Okay. Turns out I do have more than 35 podcasts. What happened was... (laughs) What happened was... I was on a trip with Hannah, and she's like, do you want to listen to one of your podcasts? And I was like, I would love to do that, but I'm not going to subject you to it if you don't want to listen to something. She's like, no, it's fine. I want to. So I was like, cool, you pick. And I gave her my phone, and she was going through and picking. But what she was actually doing is going through and deleting them. So I had <laughs> Which to, ones did she delete? Uh, D&D was gone. Oh, no. Village was gone. Um, Ravi was gone. Um, there were a couple other ones that were gone. So I have 37. Okay. All in all. So get off my back. No, it's fine. All right. It's cool. Read the word, people. All right, y'all. Until next time, every Joe Schmo can grow some mo. Peace, Peace, y'all. Now hear the word of Yahweh as he speaks through his holy scriptures. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Isaiah 66, 2 word of God. This Christian is radical, what's written is factual. Let me first establish all scriptures infallible. It's God breathed his word, he exhaled. To the blind, the spirit makes the text braille. Embrace his mysteries, look and take a glance at the greatest history book, no fate a chance. Cause his word never fails, unlike men who are sinning. By his word, he's declared the end from the beginning. And his plan of salvation is solely through scripture. God reveals himself, yet it's only a whisper. To speak to man, he's greatly condescended. But only his spirit can make you comprehend it. But we can't grasp the whole of it, it's impossible. Cause the fact is, holy writ is inexhaustible. Yet you claim his word has contradictions. Cause you don't have the spirit and you're not a Christian. Imposters can't see it with binoculars. And only the canons inspired, not the apocrypha Ignoring the facts of it is horribly hazardous And I can assure you that it's historically accurate See the text we hold is the Dead Sea Scrolls And we testify that it sets free souls And renews the minds of these dudes who rhyme And fiends who use to fry and inject needles Grass where the flowers fade But the word of God endures forever A perfect treasure Grass where the flowers fade But the word of God endures forever A perfect Treasure, grass with the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. A perfect treasure, grass with the flowers fade, but the holy word of God endures forever and ever. Why the certain guys ignoring the fact that the Bible's the church's final authority? Black, my brothers, it is for sure. We call the Bible holy because it's set apart from all other literature. And forget philosophy is what has got to be the real, because it's the only holy book where prophecy fulfilled. I was a foul pagan, but my you I'm now stating how the word of God's made me wise to salvation meet the savior on a piece of paper see the glory of Christ he's the creator and each page has a really meaty flavor so we should savor it not say I'll read it later but make it a life and a great delight hide it in our hearts meditating on it day and night and be firmly rooted right next to Jesus using hermeneutics and tight exegesis we should give God the glory preach expository while teaching kids like Montessori Be diligent to adore it and fear it Be killing sin by the sword of the spirit Satan despises me, it angers society That we speak in a biblical language variety Cause it reveals that mankind is sinful But it revives the soul and makes wise the simple The word of God, observe his law See I need for Christ, it shows we're surely flawed The word of God, observe his law it shows you're surely flawed Yo, instead of reading it We sit and we watch the idiot box Picking our crotch, fixing our thoughts on wickedest plots Our culture's acted pitifully And Satan uses the widespread lack of literacy See, the world is deceptive And it's horrid and wretched Because of its man-made morals and ethics It's subjective poop Misdirects the youth But God's law is the only objective truth See, lots of men's conventions are smart But only the word can judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart And the word suffice to give eternal life Cause faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ A call to all, and I'm not insulting y'all But the spirit by the word saves without an altar call And through it his sheep hear the voice of the shepherd Once poisonous lepers now rejoicing forever Saved by his healing tongue The spirit of God uses the word of God to reveal the sun Um, come consider this, we once were wisdom Cause without the spirit, the word's a bunch of gibberish And without him, you still do 
imitating Cause only he gives the words illumination It's a short blade, it imparts grace and sparks faith A lamp shining in a dark place Christians always ask, what's God's will for me? Well, it's found in his word, search with humility The man of God's equipped, there's no complications The scripture's sufficient, apart from confirmation According to the scriptures, Christ died in our stead It's according to the scriptures that he rise from the dead Our only thing that's tangible to focus on a manual It's our rock and it's our hope and it's our holy manual Grass with the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever A perfect treasure, grass with the flowers fade Father. Father.